Good evening. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you. Our message for this week. We bless your name. We thank you for rather just tuning in with us, and we pray that we've been a blessing to you. Uh, we want to continue with this, and this is the last installment. We've been talking about understanding righteousness, understanding righteousness, and we've been talking about how righteousness is a gift is a gift from God. And last week we was talking about speaking your righteousness, speak out your righteousness, speak it out. Okay. We, we were called to speak out because it says here in, in Romans chapter 10, verse six, it says the righteousness of faith speaks. Okay. So the righteousness of faith speaks. It speaks. It declares the things of God. And so you have to speak out. Your it's not enough just to say it's a gift, but you got to speak it out. You got to declare it. And then we were talking about, we dealt with David. And I want to read that David in 1 Samuel chapter 30, where David um, left his family unprotected and the enemy came and took his family. And so, and in the reading verses, 1 Samuel chapter verse 6, and it says, And David was now in great danger because of all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. But this last part says, What David found strength in the Lord his God. Or the King James verse said, David encouraged himself in the Lord. So that word encourage means strengthen. And so from that, David, in order to encourage himself, he had to speak out, right? So he had to speak. He had to speak to himself and encourage himself in the Lord his God. And so we left off with talking about seven, I mean, 11 ways to encourage yourself in the Lord. And so we dealt with six of them, and I'm just going to go through them right quick. And then, excuse me, we dealt with five of them. And then I'm going to go through them real quick, and then we're going to finish up the other one, six to 11. And so the first one way to encourage yourself in the Lord is to remember his faithfulness. Remember that God is faithful. Begin to speak out how faithful he is. Declare how faithful he is because he's always been faithful to us. Number two was to connect with the Lord's joy. Because we understand that God is all about relationships. And so the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so you have to connect to this joy no matter what you're going through. Joy says it's not because of, but in spite of, in spite of what I'm experiencing. I connect with the joy of the Lord. This is how you encourage yourself. Number two. Number three was remember past victories. Sometimes you have to reminisce and go back and remember what God has done for you in the past. And encourage yourself about the things he's done for you in the past. And so you have to build yourself up speaking out. Lord, I remember what you did for me. And Lord, if you did this, I know you. In the past, I know you can do this for me right now. Number four was meditate on the 
integrity of God's word. We, we that, that is so important. God, that's so important to meditate on the integrity of God's word. See, that word integrity means integrity is who you are when nobody's looking. Okay, that's what integrity is. And you have to believe in the integrity of God's word, no matter what you are experiencing. You have to believe God's word, no matter what you are experiencing. Because sometimes it may not look like God is on yourself, on your side, but you have to encourage yourself and say, you know what? I believe God's word versus my circumstance, versus my situation, versus my tragedy. I believe because God, he is a God of integrity. He is true to his word. He's going to stand on his word. And I love we hear what, what Psalms 119, said. It says here, the, the entirety of your word is true. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. It said the entirety of your word is true. Not just some of it, but all of it. Okay. All of it. So the integrity of his word, you have to stand on the integrity of God's word, no matter what your circumstance say. And number five, we're talking about speaking in tongues. We knew we dealt with how speaking in tongues is an incredible gift that God's given us, but we don't take advantage of it. And so I pray that, you know, if you don't speak in tongues, I pray that you get some study on that and and, and operating this gift. Because what we, we dealt with, how praying in tongues builds you up. And I don't know about you, but I need all the building up I can get. And so that was number five. So tonight we're going to jump in to number six to 11. And number six is worship. If you want to speak out your righteousness, we're talking about speaking out worship. Get worshiping God. Worship is one of the best ways to challenge your perspective. Okay. Worship focus. Focus, worship forces you to put your focus on God and what you are thankful for. Even a few moments of worship can make a dramatic difference. So worship, it knows it says worship focus, force you to focus on God. That's what worship do. Worship takes your mind off your situation. And when you worship what you're doing, you're speaking out. You're declaring the things of God. You're declaring the goodness of God. You declare how faithful God is. Worship changes your perspective. And maybe you tonight you need your perspective changed. Maybe you're going through something. So worship, it says it forces you to focus on God. And that's what you need to focus on. You need to focus on God and, and what to be thankful for. Because sometimes when you're going through something, you can lose sight of what to be thankful for. The enemy has a good way of, you know, taking our focus off God and focus on our circumstances. But it says just a few moments. It's don't, don't, it doesn't have to take all day. Okay. Sometimes we get caught up in quantity, which means, well, how long do I have to do this? No, just a few moments of the day. Like for me, example, when I get up in the morning, you know, if I get, get um get ready to go to work i go downstairs and you know spend a few minutes praying and then i get up and get my bible app and 
and just begin to study the word of God. And then on my way to work while I'm driving, I put on worship music, just praising God, going to work. You know, someday I got one wheel, one hand on the steering wheel, one hand in the air, just praising him. And so those are just probably about within a um, 30 to 45 minute span. I'm worshiping God. I'm praising him, you know, focusing on him and putting my mind on him and what he had done for me. And worship has a way of getting you into the mood, getting you connected with God. And so worship is this thing. If you're talking about encouraging yourself, worship is a powerful tool that God has given us to worship him. And so the scripture said that when we worship, it silences the enemy. Much discouragement is caused by the lies of the enemy. So the, the, here's what the scripture said. It silences the enemy. Let's read Psalms, Psalms 8, verse 2. And I'm reading from a new King James verse. It says, out of the mouth of babes and nurses infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemy, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. So worship silence the mouth of the enemy. Because guess what? The enemy is going to speak, you know, you don't speak out your righteousness. Then guess what? The enemy is going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you through your circumstance. And it's going to begin to tell you, you know what? God is not faithful. God is not there. You're never going to get out. You might as well quit. But when you worship, you silence the enemy with your words. Because notice Jesus translated strength in this verse to praise. In Matthew 21 and 6, Jesus said, pray. Jesus said, out, out of the mouth of baby infants, you have ordained praise. So that word strength and it is praise. So what are you doing? You, 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 when you worship, you are building up strength as you speak out your righteousness. You're building strength. You need strength. Okay, praise releases strength and it silences the enemy. So think about it. When you worship, so those of you, if you're not worshiping, then you, you may, you are lacking strength or you're not taking advantage of the strength that you can have. We're not just talking about human strength. We're talking about supernatural strength that comes from God from within. This is not ordinary strength. This is supernatural strength that God gives us. And it silences the enemy. So when you begin to worship, you silence the enemy. You, you make him be quiet because you begin to praise God. The enemy don't want to see us praise and worship God. He doesn't. He hates that. And so this is the tool they got. So you want to, when, you, when it comes to speaking out your righteousness, worship is a powerful tool. Another way that worship is encouraging is the fact that God inhabits the praises of his people. His presence is always encouraging. So you inhabit the praises of God when you worship. Let's look at Psalms 22 and 3. It says, For thou art holy, O thou hast inhabited the praises of Israel. We want God to get into our praise. And when you worship him, he gets into your praise. That's what we want to do. He, he dwells 
in the praise, when you begin to speak out how good he is, how wonderful he is, he inhabits that. He comes down, and that's when you feel the emotions, okay? You may feel, you know, when you worship, you don't always feel emotion, but that's when he connects with your emotions. And sometimes tears may be running out of your face, and you're just happy. And, you know, even that situation you're going through, you feel that joy that comes from the Lord as you begin to worship him. So if, if you want to feel the security, the joy and peace that comes with being in the presence of the Lord, spend some time in worship, okay? Even when you don't feel like it, just begin to praise him and your emotions will soon follow. So you may be saying, well, sometimes I don't feel like worshiping. I'm not in the mood. Well, you've got to praise him when you don't feel like it. And then as you begin to praise God and worship him and connect with him, your emotions will change. It's not always about your feelings. It's about just acting on what God says and watch your emotions line up, you know, with what you're doing. It begin to change as you worship God because he loves to be worshiped. And they said he wouldn't have it. He would get into your praise as you were, and you find that your feelings will change as you praise him. Okay, so number seven, that was number six, worship. Number seven is listen to people of faith. Okay, this is number seven as far as encouraging yourself in the Lord. How do you do that? Listen to people of faith. There are certain people who walk by faith more than others. When you get around these type of people or listen to them, it, it, it ignites the spirit of faith on the inside of you. Okay, so get around people of faith. Get around people of faith. Listen to them speak it out. And then when you get around them, it's contagious. So you can't hang around people who are doubtful, who lack faith, who are always complaining, um, who are just always bitter or maybe, you know, just discouraging. You can't hang around those people and expect to speak out your righteousness. No, who you hang around is important. You want to get around, listen to people of faith. They will ignite you. And they will, what's on the inside of you and encourage you to speak out your, your righteousness. And it says, these are people with victorious mindsets. Uh, spend time listening to them and allow, allow, and allow their champion attitude to rub off on you. So they have victorious mindsets. So you want to get around people who have victorious mindset who speak out you know their righteousness because you know we all can be um subject to our circumstances you know you can be find yourself being negative and, and you may not realize sometimes we say things that we not realize that we're not speaking faith because our circumstance can be overwhelming and it hurts well if you get around people they, they will challenge you this is well you know hey um, you know what? I believe God for this, or I'm not gonna say this. I'm gonna say this, and and I, I thank God for our 
you know, Bible study we have on Thursday night, you know, when I'm not feeling full of faith, we have people there who will speak faith and encourage you and build you up. And it is all based on the word of God. So what happens is when you hang around people of faith, you listen to people of faith, they they rub off on you. You begin to, they begin to help you change your attitude about your circumstance. So it's important to listen to people of faith, get around people who are full of the word and full of faith and don't mind speaking faith. Because, hey, like I said, it's, it's going to change the way you think and you're going to become like them. That's what you want to do. You want to become like people. You want to become a person who's constantly, you know, speaking faith. You know, and we all can grow in this area, not to say you're going to be perfect at it, but you want to become more and more conscious of what you're saying and encourage yourself and speaking out righteousness and speaking and declaring your righteousness and understanding who you are in Christ Jesus. So the one of the ways you can help yourself with that is to hang around people of faith. Listen to them. You may may um do that by listening to your certain preachers who are on TV or, you know, that you own different channels that speak faith. You listen to those people, you know, different CDs you may have to help you encourage yourself in faith. So let's listen to Hebrews chapter six, verse 12. It says here that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. It says, don't become sluggish because we can do that. There's the temptation to become sluggish. Okay. So how do I, how do I um, prevent that from happening? Okay. I get around and listen to people of faith. And it says to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Knows I like what it says here through faith and patience. Those two come together here. Cause a lot of times we can get impatient and don't want to wait. But your faith, that's what patience is. Faith, one of the definitions of faith is prolonged faith. Faith over a long period of time. Okay. And so sometimes it may not come immediately, but don't give up on the promise that God has made, stand in it. And one of the ways we are able to stand in it is putting ourselves around and begin to listen to people of faith. Another scripture here, Hebrews chapter 13 and 7 says this. It says, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. So the people who rule over you, these are pastors and, you know, people in your ministry um, that speak over you. And so whose faith, who faith follows, considering the outcome of their conduct. So, hey, these people who speak the word over your life, your, your pastor, the people in your ministry, your leaders who are speaking faith over you, you need to listen to those. You need to, that's why being connected with a ministry is so important. You know, you just sitting at home. I know you say, well, I can get it on TV or I can get it off my app. You know, thank God for apps and television programs and you can watch, you know, Hey, um, 
you know, ministries on your cell phone now, or on your tablet or on your, you know, your desktop. Thank God for that. But you need to be present in that ministry. Okay. Present. It's so it's easy just to roll up, get up and roll over and just look at your phone. But it takes effort to get up, get dressed and actually go out to the building and, and begin to hear the choir minister through the word and, and the preacher through the word. But surround yourself with people of faith. Listen to them and they will begin to encourage you to speak out your righteousness. Number eight. Number eight, it says, speak life to yourself and your situation. That's what we want to do. Speak life to yourself and to your situation. See, we spend a lot of time complaining and worrying and speaking doubt and speaking fear. But we need to speak life. This is how you speak out your writing. Speak life to yourself. In other words, and that goes against everything in us. Because by nature, we just want to focus on and speak the things that happen to us. But you got to go against the grain, okay? So speak life to yourself and to your situation. Okay, here's Psalms one in Psalms 100. David instructs his soul, his own soul, to bless the Lord. Again, in Psalm 62, he commands his soul to rest in the Lord. Okay, you can speak to your own soul. Guess what? You can speak to it. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You can speak to your soul. You can tell your soul what to do. You know, some of you may be saying, well, I can't help it. Yes, you can. You speak to your soul. You speak to yourself and speak to your situation. Now, that don't mean it's everything will instantly change overnight. But, yeah, what you what are you doing? You are speaking to your mind. You're hearing yourself say the things of God. You hear you as you hear yourself say the things of God, your emotions will begin to change. And then what from your emotions change is then you're going to make better decisions because when we're going through something, it is the enemy's job to try to get us to make bad decisions. That's why somebody said, don't make decisions. Life changes when you're emotional. You need to wait till you calm down, settle down and begin to then you make decisions. But you speak life to your situation. You have the power. You have the authority to speak life to your situation. Uh, take a look in the mirror and tell your mind, tell your will, tell your emotions what to do. Tell them what to do. Okay, tell them what to do. Tell your mind, your will, emotions, what you want it to do. Speak to yourself what you might tell someone else going through this situation and i think that now this is powerful so we're talking about speak life situation speak to yourself what you tell someone else going through the same situation what would you tell somebody else as a believer what would you tell somebody who's going through the same situation that you are because it's easy you know when we're not in something it is so easy to give good advice why because you're not in it you're not in it. You're not feeling the pain. You're not feeling the stress. 
you're not feeling the discouragement you you know you're not feeling the frustration and so you know what when you're not going through it it's easy to give advice well then what you need to do is you need to step back and says hey if I wasn't going through this and I had a friend, what would I say to them? And then you begin to, then that's how you come up with speaking life to yourself and to your situation. Now you may be saying, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I would do. You know, I don't know. Well, go to, then that's what you need to go to the word of God. You know, Google is my, my friend now. If it's something that I don't know, I'm going through and I don't know what to say about it. I don't know how to feel about it. I asked Google, hey, give me scriptures on this situation. And Google comes to me every time. Give me scriptures for that situation. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's your finances, whether it's your children. You know, you see, so the question says, speak to yourself what you might tell someone else who's going through the same thing. And this is a good mindset to have. So speaking the word of God over yourself is, it is so valuable. The word is alive as Hebrews 4 and 12 says. It is alive. It has the power to change situations and move mountains. Speak the word over is so valuable. because It will change your situation. It will change your emotions. It will change everything in your life. But you got to practice speaking life into your situation and to yourself. But listen to what Proverbs 8 and 21 says. It says life and, and death are in the power of the tongue. So you have to speak life over yourself. The Bible, it tells us to guard our hearts in the way it should go. Okay. It says, guard your heart in the way it should go. Okay. And that is in Proverbs 23 and 19. Listen to that. It says, guard your heart in a way. So you may be saying, oh, I ain't got no control. But the scripture tells you, you can guard your heart. God, excuse me, not God. Guard, guide your heart in the way it should go. And so how do we do this? We do this with the words of our mouth. Remind ourselves of who you are. And who you belong to. So this is powerful. You, you need to receive this. You, you, you can guide your heart in the way it should go. Tell your heart how it's supposed to feel. Tell your mind what it's supposed to think. You know, now this is not me. Once again, when, when I'm saying these things, I know it's hard to receive it. And I want to tell you that. The things I'm telling you, I got to put to practice myself. I'm, I'm not teaching this because I got it all mastered or I got it all figured out. No, I'm actually ministering to myself also. I, but guide your heart in the way it should go. I can tell my heart, my mind what to think, my, my emotions, how to feel. I can tell myself my decision. This is what I'm going to do regardless. See, you have to believe that. You have to stand on this. And Proverbs 20, 23 and 19 tells us that. Guide your heart in the way it should go. Okay. Number nine. 
Number nine is the ninth way to encourage yourself in the Lord to speak out your righteousness is to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Now, this sounds simple, but keeping yourself focused on Jesus will encourage you. It sounds pretty simple, but keep focus on Jesus will encourage you. Why? Because he is the author of encouragement and of faith. It started with him. Okay. I know it's simple, but sometimes we we forget about the, the simplicity of things that God has placed in the word of God. It's just keeping focus on Jesus. Don't allow the enemy to take your focus away from Jesus. Because it says in Hebrews 12 and 12 and 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Okay, he's the author of encouragement. So if anybody know how to do this, it's Jesus. And we imitate him. Jesus is able to sympathize with the struggles we go through. And Hebrews uh, 4 and 15 says that. But as you keep your eyes focused on Jesus, he will lead you out. As you keep your eyes on Jesus, he's going to lead you out of your situations. But you got to look unto Jesus. Stay focused on him. As, as you look unto Jesus, you can walk above the situation just like Peter walked on the water. Think about it. Peter, Peter was walking on what he should have been sinking in. He was walking on what he should have been sinking in. And you can rise above your situation. There are other people who are going through what you're going through who are on medication, who are depressed, who have had to go in the hospital. And in the worst case scenario, some people have committed suicide going through the same thing that you're going through. But guess what? Because you believe it, because, and if you continue to learn how to encourage yourself, how to speak life to yourself. And as you keep your focus on Jesus, you begin to rise above your situation. And I said, the very thing that are taking people out, you begin to rise above these things. But what the key is keeping your focus on Jesus. The word of God tells us to keep our eyes on things above rather than things on the earth. What is unseen is eternal, and what is seen is temporary. So keep your focus on spiritual things. Okay. Keep your focus on spiritual things. Keep your focus on the things above. Keep your focus on Jesus. So let's look at two scriptures here. Colossians 3 and 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. Now, think about that. It says, set your mind on things above. Set your mind on the things of God and not the things on this earth. Why? Because if you begin to focus on the things on the earth, it's going to affect you emotionally. It's going to affect you. If you just watch the bad news all day, it's going to do something to your psyche, to your mind, to your emotions. 
if you just focus on your situation all day long, it's going to do something to your mind, to your will, and to your emotions. So what we do, we keep our focus on Jesus. The second verse is 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. It says, while we not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So that's what number nine is. Look to Jesus. Speak out. When you're speaking on your right, looking under Jesus, what would Jesus say? What would we, we look? Keep your focus on him. Okay, let's look at number 10. Number 10 says, grab hold of your emotions. And this is so key because what do we do? We we allow our emotions to get the best of it. We, we, we are led by our emotions and this is not what the bible teaches so but you when you're going through just like david's situation when david um had lost his wife his sons and daughters all his men's wives sons and daughters okay I, david i can imagine was extremely emotional imagine losing everything your wife, your children, I mean, all your possessions, all at one time. Okay. And so imagine how emotional that emotional situation that is. But it says David will encourage himself in the Lord his God. So understand this. You, you are not just human. You've got the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of you. And therefore, you can walk in authority over your emotions. See, I remember we grew up with a song, well, I'm, I'm only human. And maybe you say, I'm only human. You, you're not just human. You have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And so, therefore, you do have authority over your emotions. As I said earlier, sometimes we say stuff like, well, I can't help by the way I feel. But this says here, right here, you with the Holy Spirit inside, you have authority over your emotions. Now, I'm not saying this will happen overnight. You know, you have to train yourself into speaking the word of God. You have to train yourself in grabbing hold of your emotions. Why? Because we are emotional beings. We are emotional beings. I'm not saying neglect your emotions. But what I am saying that with when you find that your emotions are negative when you find that your emotions are going against the word of god you got to grab hold of the emotions why because your emotions would allow you to make a decision that goes against the word of god and takes you your focus off of him we've been talking about focus and allow you to go the wrong direction and we've been talking about understanding righteousness but when you understand that you are righteous regardless how you're feeling or regardless of what you've done then you begin to speak that out okay and then you get hold of your emotions and as they change then you find yourself doing the things that god called you to do and that way god can really connect with you because god can't connect with you he can't speak to you if you're emotional about your situation if you're so emotional you allowing your negative emotions to lead you away from god then you can't hear his voice 
So you don't have to submit to every motion that you feel. Jesus told his disciples, don't to not let their heart be troubled at an extreme difficult time. If he told them to do this, this means it's possible not to allow your heart to be troubled. Because this is what that's you find that in John 14, 27, where it says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So notice what Jesus told his disciples. He told his disciples in an extremely difficult time, don't let your heart be troubled. So why would Jesus tell them that they couldn't do it? And remember, just to kind of give you a little background, Jesus had just told his disciples how he was going to be crucified, going to the cross. He had just told Peter, okay, that you're going to deny me three times. And matter of fact, this is what Jesus was, he had, he was, um, he wiped their feet. He was going, they was, you know, the last, last supper they had. And he was giving them all the information of how he's going to be crucified. And I can imagine, you can imagine how they felt. Even Peter, Peter was like, uh-uh, I won't deny you. He told Peter that. So you can imagine, okay, your master is telling you that he's going, he's going, to die. he's going to die. He's going to be crucified. Imagine the emotion that they were feeling. But he says, don't let your heart be troubled. So that lets us know that we have some control over how we feel. Okay, we have some control over how we feel. So it says, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. John 14, 27. Don't let your heart be troubled. When, when, when you choose to get hold of your negative emotions and reel them in, it will be much easier to then begin to encourage yourself without the distraction of overpowering emotions. Okay? You got to reel them in. I know it's not to say you're not going to cry. It's not to say you're not going to be angry. It's not to say you're not going to be frustrated. But you have to, when you, you feel these negative emotions coming, and you got to reel them in. You got to reel them in. And then, then you will begin to speak out your righteousness. Would you begin to encourage yourself in the Lord without all these distractions? Because the the emotions, the negatives can be overpowering. They can overpower you, but you got to reel them in. And, and you can do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the ability. God has given you the, the ability to do it. And you need to ask God to help me do this. To conquer my emotions. Don't get so emotional. All right, so the last one here tonight. The last number 11 on how to encourage yourself in the Lord. And so once again, this is about speaking out your righteousness. It says, remember your authority in Christ. And this is so important. You have authority. God has given us authority in this earth realm to speak things. We talked about earlier, speak to your life, speak to your situation. There, there's a scene uh, from, from the Disney movie, the, the Lion King, where the young lion is reminded by his father who he is. 
it strengthens the young lion to go back to the land he is destined to rule over and take his rightful place. Y'all remember that movie Lion? I don't know if I see it. You haven't seen it. I remember um, the movie Lion King where his father reminds him of who he are because he forgets and go back and take your rightful place because what? You're a king. You're a king. You have authority. You, we know a lion was well, the king of the jungle. He, he is considered the, at the top of all the animals. He rules and reigns the jungle. So the same way I said, as you remind yourself of who you are and the authority God has granted you, you can begin to rule all the situations as you were designed to do. So you were, we were designed to rule and reign. Think about that. You were designed to rule and reign where? In this earth realm. Okay, Jesus, when Adam fell and he gave it to the enemy, but guess what? Jesus came when he down the cross, he gave us back the authority. So maybe your problem is you don't know what you have. You don't understand the authority that's been given to you. And if you don't understand the authority that's been given to you, guess what? You're not going to walk in your righteousness. You're not going to speak out your righteousness. You're not going to declare the things that God said are yours. In the word, the promises that are yours by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, what he paid for. You're not going to do that. But we were designed to do that, to rule and reign in this earth realm. The very authority of God has been delegated to you and to me. But guess what you need to understand? You're not a victim. You're not powerless. No matter the circumstances. Let me say that again. You're not a victim. You're not powerless, no matter the circumstance. I want to challenge you tonight. Stop being a victim of your circumstances. Stop thinking that you don't have any power. Stop thinking that you don't have any authority to change something. No, God has given you authority in this earth realm. And I pray that you learn how to use that thought, use that authority. Understand, know that what God has given you. Okay, no matter what the circumstances, no matter how hard the world say it is, God has given you authority over that situation and you have the ability to change it. But I want to finish up here tonight. We're talking about understanding righteousness and how righteousness is a gift. And let's listen to what Romans 5 and 17 says. It says, for the sin of one man, Adam, Cause death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. We've been talking about a gift for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through one man, Jesus Christ. So Adam, because Adam sinned, death ruled and reigned over many, it says. It says, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive will live in triumph over sin and death through one man, Jesus Christ. So Jesus has given us this gift of righteousness. Okay, the gift of righteousness. Understand it's a gift. You can't earn it. We spent a lot of time you don't earn this. It is a gift. 
All you have to do is receive it by faith and begin as the night. Once you receive it by faith, then you begin to speak it out. As I said, it's not enough just to know you have it. You got to begin to declare it because there'll be circumstances in your life where you don't look righteous, where you didn't do the righteous thing, where you didn't do the right thing. But you have to declare that I am righteous God in Christ Jesus, no matter what mistakes I've made. So declare your righteousness. Every day, boldly say, Father, I thank you that I am righteous in Christ, not because of what I've done, but because of what Christ has done. It is a gift. I receive it with all of my heart. So, and I believe it, it, when you you speak and declare your righteousness, good things going to happen to you. Okay, you become conscious of all the blessings and promises that God that are due to the righteous. Instead of disqualifying yourself, you'll start to believe for God's good success. See, that's what we do. We disqualify ourselves when we make a mistake. We say we're not qualified for the blessing of God when we make a mistake. And that's what the enemy wants you to believe. But God does not say that. God does not change his mind about who he's, who you are in him. And when you begin to speak and declare, you find good things. You see good success come in your life. So don't disqualify yourself. But you'll start to believe God's goodness. And you'll start to believe his favor. And you believe that his wisdom. Experiencing provisions becomes effortless. Because you know you are in right standing with Christ. So stop disqualifying yourself. I want you to stop. Don't disqualify yourself, but confess your righteousness. Don't disqualify yourself, even if you made a mistake. Confess your righteousness. Begin to speak it out and watch you have good success. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of you, I thank you that those who hear my voice, I pray, God, that they will receive this gift of righteousness. And they'll begin to speak it out. They'll begin to declare who they are in you. Believe in all the promises that you've given us through what Jesus Christ has done for us. God, I come against frustration. I come against discouragement. I thank you, God, that emotions are changing right now as they begin to speak out who they are. They begin to receive by faith who you created them to be. I pray and we take authority over the enemy over our emotions, over our circumstances. And God, I thank you that things are changing right in this moment. And I thank you, God, that we shall see the manifestation of what you said in your word. And I pray, God, that people, people who are listening, they'll begin to embrace who they are, that they are the righteousness of God, that they have been given this gift by you as a free gift. And I thank you, God, they're walking it out as you call us to do. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, we thank you for listening. And to next week, we're going to talk about cultivating this gift. I'm going to start a series on cultivating because, once again, we have the gift. But now, how do I cultivate it? Which means, how do I walk it out? I know I receive it by faith. You've received this game. Now we're going to, I'm going to teach you how to cultivate what God has given you. Because it's not just enough to say that I'm righteous. But how do I see that righteousness manifest in my life? So we're going to start that next week. Uh, 
pray that you will be back with me again next week. And we hope to see you next week again. Once again, thank you and bye-bye.